0: This episode is supported by Primal. Primal is an enterprise-scale platform to synthesize data and deploy applications built on that data back to a production environment. With Primal you can test ideas, launch new products, fast and secure. Primal enables organizations to share their confidential data without disclosing it. Primal. Share confidential data. Keep it private. Visit Primal.io Thank you for listening to Data Science at Home podcast with Francesco Gadaletta. You are about to get cutting edge insights from the people who are reshaping the world of technology with machine learning, data science and artificial intelligence. It's time for Data Science at Home. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Data Science at Home podcast. I'm Francesco, podcasting from the regular office of Leuven in Belgium. Today, I am going to continue the conversation we had last week about uh, compressing deep learning models. Last time, we have been speaking about uh, knowledge distillation as a method to make neural networks available for, uh, for example, edge devices. And uh, the idea is indeed to compress these relatively large models into models that are in fact uh, much much smaller with much much less parameters which means of course faster inference but not only a matter of performance uh, more a matter of agility of how can you in fact bring these large models to devices that are that have a very limited hardware for example a mobile phone even though the the last generation mobile phones are even sometimes more powerful than than real laptops but uh, uh, you know if you want to uh, put artificial intelligence into uh, small devices and so in the realm of uh, iot or sensors and stuff like that uh, or even autonomous vehicles you know you might be considering to compress Uh, these very large models that are available in the literature. So today I'm going to continue the explanation of uh, compressing neural network and uh, uh, making neural networks smaller uh, with another approach that is very, very interesting, not only that, but also uh, it improves on the state of the art uh, about uh, neural network pruning. So neural network pruning is not something that is you know, extremely new as a concept. It can be dated back to 2015 or 16, in fact. And that consists of retraining a neural network after it has been pruned. Once you train a neural network, you have usually a very large number of parameters. so you uh, the neural network is learning some very complex patterns from your data. And the problem is that at the end of the training, you realize that the neural network has, for example, hundreds of millions of parameters. And so it's not really scalable or it's not really portable to small devices, as we said before. And so what you usually do is you prune a number of neurons. And so you remove, this is basically what you also do with regularization techniques. You remove these neurons. Of course, you select neurons appropriately. But at the end, what happens is that you have a much, much smaller network. And what you need to do usually is retraining this network because you want to do so-called fine tuning that trains the unpruned weights in order to recover that accuracy that you might have lost during pruning or after pruning. There are some other techniques, however, that have been thought about. These new techniques go under the name of weight rewinding and uh, learning rate rewinding. And so in this episode, I'm going to explain how these techniques work and why they work better. In fact, I'm going to show some uh, very interesting results about uh, uh, these new techniques and the simplicity in fact of the of the approach. Now, before speaking about weight rewinding, we have to explain what is the so-called lottery ticket hypothesis, which is the uh, you know, an hypothesis that uh, some researchers that of course I will report in the show notes of the episode as always have been thinking about, and uh, the lottery ticket hypothesis proposes that early in training, uh, sparse subnetworks emerge that can train in isolation to the same accuracy as the original network. So this means that at some point of the training, there is a subnetwork that is much, much smaller than the, the final network that you're gonna have after you know the, the last epoch uh, has, has been trained, and this network, in fact, can perform with a very similar accuracy as the original network. Now, of course, the problem is how do we find such, uh, sub, such subnetworks? Because these are you know, the secret sauce, in fact, of the, na- of the entire network. It's like as if you were in front of a network of 300 million parameters, but you know that among these 300 million parameters, there is a subnetwork, let's say, of uh, 30 million parameters or even less, that performs as good as the 300 million. And so what you would like to do, of course, is, well, why do I need the 300 million parameters if I can perform with uh, one tenth of the neurons that, uh, that I have? Yeah, and the, the lottery ticket hypothesis it states exactly this. It says there is a subnetwork that performs with same accuracy. The problem is how do you find such network? And so there are two techniques, the rewinding and uh, the learning rate rewinding, there are two very similar techniques that, in fact, help you finding this subnetwork according to the lottery ticket hypothesis. The rewinding technique, which is also called weight rewinding, basically rewinds both the weights and the learning rate to a previous state, and then it starts training from there. So then you prune, and then you, start, you keep training from where you left, right? While Learning Rate Rewind only rewinds the learning rate parameter, continuing to train the weights from their values at the end of the training. So, it's, it's exactly like fine-tuning, but only applied to the learning rate. So, it's an extremely simple strategy, in fact. What makes it difficult to establish what is convenient or not is, in fact, three, um, let's say, metrics that or three criteria that we have to consider once we apply these methodologies which is, of course, the accuracy, the efficiency, and the search cost. We want the accuracy of the resulting pruned network to be comparable to what we would get with an unpruned network or a not-pruned network. Efficiency uh, consists of, you know, considering the resources required to represent or execute the pruned network. If it is as big as uh, the original network, of course, there is no uh, impact in in the methodology. And of course, the search cost, you know, to find this pruned network, you know, I have to consider a limited amount of resources, I mean, hardware resources, but also time uh, in order to find this pruned network. And so that also has to be contained. These three metrics effectively form the so-called test bed we are going to, well, the researchers have been measuring their new methodology against. What really impressed me of this paper is that um, the algorithm is extremely simple, and the authors have proposed a simplification of the so-called weight rewinding, which is the learning rate rewinding, that rewinds the learning rate schedule but not the weights. They also find that the learning rate rewinding matches or outperforms weight rewinding in all the scenarios they have considered in order to measure the accuracy and the efficiency of this algorithm. And so, as I said, this is extremely interesting. It really impressed me because of the simplicity of the algorithm that we can, or the author basically summarize in uh, an extremely simple list of of tasks or steps uh, of the pruning algorithm, which goes under train to completion, prune the 20% lowest magnitude weights globally, retrain using learning rate rewinding for the original training time, And then you simply repeat the step two and three, which is prune and retrain until you reach the desired compression ratio. So this is extremely interesting. And, you know, I would say stupid, but it's not stupid. It's just very, very simple. You train, you prune, you retrain, and then you keep pruning and retraining, pruning and retraining until you're happy with the compression ratio. Of course, you have also to keep an eye on the accuracy and on the parameter efficiency trade-off that your pruning algorithm is achieving at a particular step. But after all, that's it, you know, the pruning algorithm is uh, as simple as that. Now, there are several strategies or sub-strategies that the authors have been considering. For example, when they prune, how do they prune? So there are several strategies to pruning a network. There is unstructured pruning, there is structured pruning, there is magnitude pruning. And they all differ according to some criteria. For example, unstructured pruning prunes individual weights without any consideration for uh, where they occur within each tensor. So they just prune as, you know, kind of, I'm not saying randomly, but, you know, without considering any structure um, of the individual weights or where these pruned individual weights are in the topology of the network. Structured pruning, however, considers this structure, and so structured pruning involves pruning weights in groups, removing neurons, convolutional filters, or channels when they are in particular sub-networks or topologies, or, you know, I would say, I would call them geographical areas of the network. It's called the topology, by the way. And so the structured pruning takes into account weights as groups, not individually. Unstructured pruning reduces the number of parameters, but may not improve performance. While structured pruning preserves a dense computation, you know, due to the fact that you are considering the topology of the network, and this means that it can lead to immediate performance improvements. And uh, in the paper that I'm considering, the authors have studied, of course, both structured and unstructured pruning. And finally, there is magnitude pruning, that is, pruning weights with the lowest magnitudes. And it is kind of a standard that comes from another work from 2015, and that has, in fact, achieved state-of-the-art accuracy versus efficiency trade-offs. From a number of examples and, of course, tests that the authors have been performing over some very famous network structures and uh, um, and uh, and benchmarks. For example, ResNet, GNMT, Cypher 10, ImageNet. And so they've been measuring all these parameters and these uh, pruning strategies. And what they realized and well, what they have been observing is that retraining with uh, weight rewinding usually outperforms retraining with fine-tuning, which was the previous state-of-the-art. And this is happening across networks and across datasets. Not only that, they have observed that learning rate rewinding matches or outperforms weight rewinding in all scenarios that have been observed. And so this is also another important take-home message. Learning rate rewinding, which is even simpler than weight rewinding, can match or outperform weight rewinding. And so that's again, a very interesting takeaway that is simplicity (laughs) is uh, in fact uh, winning here. The most simple method of of the two shows better results. And these results of course have been measured with a trade-off between accuracy and parameter efficiency, which is also very interesting to take into account because you can have a network that performs extremely well, but it's not parameter efficient which means that it has a, a very uh, small compression ratio, so you didn't really compress the network that much, and of course the accuracy stays high, but what you want to find is a network that still performs, you know, kind of the same, maybe a slightly less than the original network, but it, has, it is extremely efficient in, in when it comes to parameter efficiency. Finding the Pareto curve of these two parameters and uh, the best trade-off is not an easy task, and that's what exactly uh, has been done in uh, in this work, which is amazing because this means that you can evaluate accuracy versus parameter efficiency. Not only that, they can also measure accuracy versus search cost trade-off, and that's another parameter. You know that is kind of a a, a triangle, right? That you want to you want to, to find a trade-off among these three important metrics. And the second pair, of course, is accuracy versus search cost. Because, of course, if it takes you as long as training the, the, the original network just to find the subnetworks according to the lottery ticket hypothesis, well, then it's not that convenient or efficient to, uh, to proceed with such a method. And so you also want to measure accuracy versus how, long does it take or how many resources in terms of hardware and time for you to find that subnetwork and to maintain that accuracy and to be parameter efficient. Of course in this episode I cannot go into the mathematical details and the theoretical foundation of why this works but I will provide as always additional notes and also the papers that I've been reading for this episode which are extremely interesting and very nice to read. I have to be honest here I haven't tried this code uh, my myself. I haven't uh, experimented with uh, these numbers and with this uh, data set, so I fully trust the authors about their results. But I really encourage you to to do that. And eventually, if you find something interesting that you want to share, do not hesitate to come on our slack channel, also the coordinate of which will be in the show notes of this episode. Yes, we have a slack channel. And uh, that's where we talk about uh, the past episode or uh, we propose new episodes. For example, if you want to listen something about uh, a topic that um, interests you personally, or which you can improve your career in data science, do not hesitate to jump over the chat and speak to us. It's so much fun to have you all on home.com. I talk to you next time. You've been listening to Data Science at Home podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or Podbean to get new fresh episodes. For more, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook or visit our website at datascienceathome.com.